Thank you so much, worship team. They have just done a tremendous job today. Amen. Just a tremendous job. I appreciate them so very, very much. Praise God. I'm going to be brief tonight, so um, you, you uh, open your Bibles with me. I'm going to share a little bit with you from the Word of God and uh, some thoughts that I have, and then uh, we, will, we will have a baptismal service. And uh, just keep your mind on the Lord tonight. Open your Bibles to a couple of places. I'm going to be reading, first of all, from the book of Exodus. And uh, in Exodus, the, um, the second chapter, and Exodus, the third chapter. And so if you want to turn there, let me read a few verses. Exodus chapter 2, and Exodus chapter 3. And then from there, we'll be going to the book of Psalms, to Psalm 102. Exodus chapter number 2 and verses 23, beginning with verse 23. All right? Praise the Lord. Exodus 2, are you there? Chapter 2, verse 23, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob and God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. And then right over on the next page in chapter number 3 in verse 7, Moses appears, uh, or the Lord appears to Moses in the burning bush. And the Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows." And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold... The cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And then in Psalm 102, Psalm 102 and verse... Number 17, it says this, He will regard the prayer of the destitute. I love that. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For He has looked down from the height of His sanctuary from heaven 
from heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner and to loose those that are appointed to death and to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and His praise in Jerusalem. I want you to notice that 17th verse. And we'll be touching on a few points from these other verses as well. But uh, it says that He will, speaking of God, He will regard the prayer of the destitute. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight for a little bit about is that God regards the prayer of the destitute. How many believe that to be true tonight? God does hear the cry of those in this world that are in trouble and those that are destitute. And there's something we need to understand and never forget about the Lord. And you know, if the devil has his way, the devil tries to portray God as being some kind of a tyrant, some kind of a mean tyrant that, that, uh, that, that doesn't ever want to do anything good, but just kindly standing over you with a big, a big giant fly swatter just waiting for you to do something wrong so he can smack you. And, uh, but I want you to know something about God tonight. Remind you of the fact that God, your God, is a loving and a caring and a giving and a saving and a delivering God. And that God tonight does hear your prayer. And I want you, I'm going to encourage someone tonight to just let you know that, that even when it doesn't look like He's working, as the song says, you know, that we sing, even when you can't see Him working, and even when it doesn't look like his, that He is working, that God is working and God is moving in your behalf even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when it doesn't look like it. He still hears your prayer. So I want to tell you, you don't want to give up. You never want to give up in prayer. If there's one thing that the Bible teaches us about prayer, it teaches us perseverance in prayer and it teaches us persistence in prayer. And to know that when we pray, the answer is on the way. God said in Jeremiah 33, 3, He said, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So we need to get that firmly fixed in our mind and in our heart that we do serve a God that is our Heavenly Father, that He loves us, He cares about us, He's concerned about us. God is concerned about every area of your life and He's concerned about everything that touches your life and He wants you to bring every situation in life to Him in prayer and talk to Him about it. Remember that old song we used to sing? Let us have a little talk with Jesus and tell Him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry and He will answer by and by. Feel a little prayer wheel turning and you know a little fire is burning. You can have a little, find a little talk with Jesus makes it all right. How many knows that's the truth tonight? Amen. Praise God. And so the verses that we read to you tonight from Exodus and from Psalm, but especially here in Psalm 102, these verses talk about the destitute and they talk about those who are groaning under, under a heavy load of oppression. It talks about prisoners who are bound 
and that it makes the statement there and it lets us know that God has regard to them, to those who are in prison, those who are destitute, those who are under oppression, that God has regard to them and that He will not despise their prayer. He has not forgotten them. And I know there's times in our life when we've been down and out and, and you know, the devil, that's the first thing he wants to do is try to tell you God's left you or God's forgotten. God's not gonna, God's not gonna do anything for you. But I, I, I just wanna encourage you tonight that God is hearing your prayer, that he looks down on you and sees you. And not only that, but he wants to loose you from that prison, from that affliction and from that attack of the enemy that's come against your life. He wants you, listen, if there's one thing I know about the Lord tonight, he wants you to be free. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. The word of God says that he in whom the Son of God has made free is what? Free indeed, amen? So the Lord wants us to enjoy that freedom tonight. So in this verse of Scripture, he says that God hears the prayer or regards the prayer of the destitute. So the first thing that we need to determine tonight is this. Let me get me a little water here. <clears throat> the first thing we need to determine is this. What does it mean to be destitute? Has anybody, I wonder if anybody in this, in this house tonight in this service tonight is destitute or has ever been destitute. But the, the, the meaning of this word, it means to literally be stripped of everything, to, left, to be left with nothing, and uh, to be reduced to nothing and to be actually as far down as you can possibly be. To be in a desperate situation, kind of like the term that we've used before, uh, at the end of our rope, <coughs> or at our wit's end. Anybody ever felt like you were at your wit's end? And you know the Bible in Psalm 107 talks about those who are who are at their wit's end. But we've all been to that place at one time or another, maybe not to the place where we've been just totally destitute of everything, or we've been stripped of anything and everything uh, that we've had. Maybe, maybe we've not been that far down, but we have been to the end of our rope, and we have been uh, uh, in situations in times in our life when we just did not know what to do. And so being reduced to nothing, and, and, and I want to tell you something tonight, that that is exactly what the enemy wants to do to every person. If Satan had his way, then he would bring everybody to a place of destitution. I'm glad that the devil can't do just anything he wants to do in your life or my life. Can you say amen to that right there? Amen? I'm glad that God has got his hand on me and there's, there's that the only thing that the enemy, the only way that the enemy can get involved in my life or your life as a child of God is for him to have certain latitudes and permission from God. I'm glad to know tonight that the Lord has got his hand on his church and upon his people. Can somebody give me an amen? <coughs> amen. 
Now the devil, as I said, would love to bring every one of us, if he could, to a place of destitution. The Bible said, Jesus himself said, that it's the thief that comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. And so we need to understand that about Satan, that he is a thief. Everything that comes into your life to try to destroy and to steal and to strip away the things, uh, the blessings of God in your life is from the enemy. Jesus said that he has come, that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. So the condition of a lot of folks today, there's a lot of folks today that are in that condition that the enemy has come in and Satan has attacked them and stripped them of a lot of things in their life. And um, humanity and mankind as a whole, through the fall and through sin and through what the fall of man has done, humanity and mankind in, in that fallen state has literally been left destitute. Are you listening to me? And that's the way, that's the way that, that everyone is that is outside of Christ. Before we get saved, we're in a place of destitution. You know, Jesus gave the the parable, the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And he talked about, he talked about this man that, that went from Jericho, that was going down from, from Jerusalem to Jericho. And Jesus said on that journey, going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, that he fell among thieves. And those thieves, they robbed him, they beat him, they, they, they stripped him of every that he had and left him there on the side of the road half dead. That's what the Bible says. And that's such a picture of what happened in the fall of man. And through the fall, humanity was left destitute. And you know the story of that good Samaritan, how that there came a priest walking by. And uh, there's this guy laying there in, 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 the, in the gutter, in the ditch, totally stripped of the thieves have stolen everything from him. And the priest comes by and he just walks by on the other side and leaves him there. A Levite comes by and there he sees him laying there and he just passes by on the other side and leaves him there. And you know, that's a type of how Jesus was saying the law wasn't able to help that person that was in destitution. The Old Testament law was good for some things, but it couldn't pull that individual out of, out of that place of death and that place of destitution. But oh, thank God there was a Samaritan, a certain Samaritan that passed by and he saw that man laying there in that ditch and he went over to him, hallelujah, and he poured in the oil and the wine. I don't know about anybody else, but I like that, hallelujah. He poured in the oil and the wine, a type of the Holy Spirit, a type of the Word of God, amen, and he brought healing to that man. He bound him up, bound up his wounds, set him on his own beast, took him to the inn and paid his room rent, praise God, and told the innkeeper, said, you know, if he... If if he, uh, if he spends anything else, just put it on my tab and I'll pay you when I come by the next time. Just let me know. You know what that is? That's a picture of how the law couldn't help us. Nothing else could help us. We were in that ditch. We were destitute. We were falling among thieves. Satan had 
left us half dead, but one day Jesus came down that Jericho road and picked us up and poured in the oil and the wine and healed up our wounds and brought us into the family of God. Are you glad tonight that he does hear the cry and the prayer and sees the need of the destitute? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So we've all been in that place of destitution and God has picked us up and brought us out. See, Satan himself wants to strip you of your health, of your finances, of your joy, your peace, of, 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 of your family, and leave you wounded and half dead and stripped with nothing. But the Bible says that God regards the prayer of these people. So if you're in that place tonight where you're at your wit's end or you're at your end of your rope and you don't know what to do, I want to tell you what, God regards your situation. God regards your prayer. What does it mean? What does that mean to to regard. It means to turn, uh, to turn your face to, to turn and to look with a favorable aspect. And that's what God is doing tonight in your situation. He's not turning, listen to me church, God will not turn His back on you, but He will always turn. He hears the cry and the suff of the suffering and the hurting and the sighing and the dying. He hears the groan of the prison he sees the need of the individual and he doesn't turn away but he regards that prayer he hears that cry he turns to that person he's there to help he's there to heal he's there to pick you up he's there to bring you through come on amen he's there for you tonight hallelujah I want you to know the devil is a liar can somebody give me an amen God will turn his face to that cry, not away from it. I love the way the Living Bible puts it. It says it this way, that he will listen to the prayers of the destitute, for he is never too busy to heed their requests. He is never too... You know, you're talking about a God, the creator of all things, a God who is running this universe... Praise God, but he's never too busy to hear the cry of somebody that's in trouble. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Never too busy to hear the cry of somebody that's in trouble or somebody that's in need. Remember that old chorus we used to sing? Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. So reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. He's coming by your way tonight and all you got to do is reach out and say, Lord, here I am. I got a need in my life. I need you, Jesus. And he will stop in his tracks and turn toward you and regard the prayer that you pray unto him tonight. Amen. Oh, he's looking down. Listen to me. He said there that he's looking down from his sanctuary. There in verse 19. For he hath looked down 
from the height of his sanctuary from heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner and to loose those who were appointed to death. Let me tell you, don't let the devil ever tell you God's forgotten you. God does see you and knows your situation. He's looked down from heaven to behold the earth and to hear the groaning. He sees, he knows, he hears. And not only that, and not only that, but he will move into action. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect and right toward him. His eyes on the sparrow and his eyes on you and he knows where you're at and he knows what you need. Glory to God. He will hear the cry and the prayer of those who are in trouble tonight. Praise the Lord. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? I read you those scriptures from Exodus about Israel being destitute and in bondage, and their cry came up to God. And God said that he had heard their groanings. And he remembered his covenant with Israel. And he looked upon them, and God had respect to them. I'm sure they felt like that they had been forgotten and forsaken by the Lord. For over 400 years they had been in Egypt, and for probably a couple of hundred years or so, they had been under under the control of Pharaoh and those taskmasters over them that made their life just bitter, made their life just terrible with rigorous hard labor and bondage. Those taskmasters were so mean to them. They were under the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, who is, Pharaoh is a type of the devil in the Bible and Egypt being a type of of bondage to the world and sin and the things of that nature. But here was God's people in that bondage and the Bible said that in their situation, they begin to groan. They begin to sigh. They begin to call upon the Lord. And the Bible said that God heard their cry. Glory to God. That ought to make you want to holler just a little bit. God heard their cry and he looked upon them and he remembered his covenant that he had with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And can I tell you about another covenant tonight that God is well aware of and it's the new covenant and it's the covenant that we have, the New Testament that he made with the Lord Jesus Christ that is ratified and sealed by the precious blood of Jesus and everything that Jesus died on the cross to to bring into effect that's in that new covenant belongs to you tonight. It is yours tonight. The devil will try to steal it from you. The devil will try to put you in, in strongholds of bondage. But I can tell you something tonight. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed and God will remember the covenant he made with Jesus. And when you call upon the Lord, he'll hear, he'll answer, he'll come to your rescue. Amen. 
And God said that very thing to Moses. He said, I've heard the cry of my people there in Egypt. And he said, I've not only heard it, but I love this. He said, but I have come down, oh hallelujah, to deliver them. Oh, and I'm going to tell you what, when God comes down and when God comes on the scene, the devil ain't got a prayer. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many of you parents, you know, when you was raising your kids up, you know, and they, they, those kids would be off in, in the room or somewhere, you know, just making noise and fighting or whatever they were doing, and, uh, or, or maybe traveling. Anybody ever travel, you know, with your kids? Or Remember that in the vacation time and, and uh, before we had uh, cell phones and before they had video games and they sitting in the back seat and uh, get into it, you know, on those long drives. And remember dad be driving along, had kids would be in the back seat scrapping. And remember dad would say, don't you make me fight. Don't make me stop this car and come back there. Amen. If I have to pull this car over, is somebody going to get it? Amen. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're in their rooms they're having a big squall. Don't make me come in there. Amen. Well, you know what? That's what God was saying. Oh, hallelujah. He was saying that to Moses. I see the, my people under the whiplash of Pharaoh's taskmasters and I have heard the prayer and the cry of those destitute and I have... I'm come down. They've made me come down. I've seen their cry. I'm coming down and when I come down, I'm setting them free. I'm delivering them. I'm breaking the bondage. Let me tell you when God moves, he moves to set the captive free, to loose the palms of the prisoner, to open the prison doors. You've got a deliverer tonight. His name is Jesus and he hears the prayer and regards the prayer of the destitute. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. He will loose those prisoners that are bound. I love that. There are a lot of prisons tonight and a lot of prisoners that are not in a physical jail or a physical lockup. But there are a lot of people tonight that are in prisons that are spiritual bondages, spiritual prisons. Many are bound tonight, people that are bound tonight. And I, I made reference to the fact on Wednesday night about how we are to get angry. We're to have an anger uh, about sin, an anger for what sin does to people's lives. Yet we still love the sinner. I mean, we're angry at what alcohol does to people, but we still love the bartender. Amen? You know what I'm saying? We still love the alcoholic. But there are so many tonight that are in that bondage, in that prison of alcohol addiction. So many tonight. And, and, and my, my righteous indignation and anger gets stirred up when I think about the drug trafficking and those, who are, those young people who are bound tonight and in a prison house of drugs and drug addiction. And, and so many tonight, there's those that are bound and in a prison of, 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 uh, of, of pornography and, and, and 
wrong relationships and just so many things, kind of, of addictions and habits and bondages that are holding people in prison. Prisons of sickness and poverty, satanic oppression and depression and fear. How many people tonight are, are bound by depression and anxiety and fear that is holding individuals in bondage? And you know, that's not the will of the Lord for their lives. Jesus has already paid the price for them to be set free. And, and He's the one that's going to deliver. Can I tell you something tonight? And I think we already know this, but Satan is not going to open anybody's prison and let anybody go. The Bible makes reference to that in Isaiah chapter 14, and it speaks of Satan, and it talks about him. And it said, is this the man that made the earth to tremble and shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, and that opened not the house of his prisoners? The margin says the one that did not let his prisoners loose. And can I tell you that Satan isn't going to open anybody's prison door. He's not going to, he's got not going to loose the shackles and the chains. He's going to fasten those shackles and those strongholds of, of oppression, of demonic oppression, even tighter and stronger on individual lives. But I'm telling you what tonight, that there is one that does hear the groanings of that prisoner. There is one tonight that does regard the prayer of that desperate so, And there is one that has come to open the prisons and to set the captive free and to break the shackles and to break the chains. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Jesus came to do that and he paid the price for that at Calvary. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, and Jesus quoted this uh, in, in the synagogue at the beginning of his ministry. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, listen, here it is, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. See, that's our message tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our message tonight, that nobody has to be bound. Nobody has to be a prisoner to sin. Nobody has to be a prisoner to the powers of darkness, to a slave to drugs or alcohol or pornography or anything else because there's one that's already come that through his death and resurrection, he has kicked the door of that prison cell open and all you gotta do is walk out freed in the name of Jesus and by the power of the blood of the Lamb, he hears and regards the prayer of the destitute. And he opens that prison cell and sets that person free. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. I told you I was going to be brief, and I'm going to keep my word tonight. But there's so many examples in the Word of God of those who, who were destitute and whom the Lord ministered to them. I think about the woman with the issue of blood that for... 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians. She tried everything but was nothing better but just grew worse. But one day she heard about Jesus. Hallelujah. And she said, you know what? 
If I can just touch the hem of His garment. If I can just get there where Jesus is and just touch the border, the hem of His garment, I know that I'll be healed. She pressed through that crowd in her state of, of, of destitution. She had been in that prison, in that bondage for 12 years. But I'm telling you, when she got to where Jesus was and touched the hem of His garment, praise God, something happened. There was power that flowed through Him. And He stopped in His tracks. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? The disciples said, well, Lord, there's a people all around you. Everybody's touching you. What do you mean who touched me? He said, no, I felt virtue go out of me. Somebody touched me. Can I tell you that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't turn away from her, but he regarded that touch and set her free. Amen? That immediately, that issue of blood stopped and never had another problem. She left there completely healed and whole. Out, freed from that prison of bondage. One day Jesus is in the synagogue preaching and there's a woman there that for 18 years, for 18 years, had a spirit of infirmity. And for 18 years she was, she was bowed together, bowed down like this, could in no wise lift herself up. But you know what? It never kept her from coming to church. Amen. She'd go to, the, she'd go to synagogue all bowed over. 18 years she'd, she'd listen to the message. And oh, I'll tell you what, it was a good thing she went on this day because on this day it just so happened they had a guest speaker that day and his name was Jesus. Oh, somebody needs to say amen right there. Hallelujah! It's a good thing she didn't let the devil talk her out of not going that day because there she was with that spirit of infirmity and when Jesus saw her condition, he just spoke to her and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Here's somebody that's destitute, but Jesus didn't turn his back on her. He saw her condition. She didn't even ask to be healed, but yet he regarded. I know there was a prayer in her heart that was saying, I wish I could be free from this and he regarded the prayer of this little lady and said you are loose from your infirmity and immediately after 18 years she immediately straightened up healed by the power of almighty God Woo! hallelujah I just feel good tonight I could get everybody feel like me. Glenn, we'd really have a time, wouldn't we? Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. There was some, <laughs> there was some, those religious Pharisees there in the crowd that, di- that day. And again, you know, I mentioned a little bit this, of this in prayer meeting Tuesday or Saturday. You know, they're always looking for Jesus. I might have mentioned it Wednesday night. They're always looking for Jesus to do something so they could get on him. And sure enough, here he was healing again on the Sabbath day. And so they jumped right on that. I mean, never mind that here's a woman that's been, been in, in, under an oppressive spirit for 18 years. A, a, a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And it's been loosed and it's been set free. And, and not, here they, they ought to be rejoicing about that. They ought to be having a Jericho march. They ought to be shouting. They ought to be praising the Lord. But instead they said, you know, they begin to criticize him because he healed on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, which one of y'all will loose your donkey and you'll loose your ox and you'll lead them to watering on the Sabbath day? 
And, and, you know, they didn't say anything. They knew that they would. On the Sabbath, they would go out and untie that donkey and untie that ox and lead them to the watering trough to get some water. He said, you'll loose a donkey. You'll loose an ox. And ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, she ought to be loose from her infirmity, even though it's a Sabbath day. I'm here to tell somebody tonight that whatever your bondage is, whatever your infirmity is, whatever you're facing tonight, I'm talking about a Jesus tonight that's saying to you, you as a son are a daughter of Almighty God and a son, a daughter of Abraham through Jesus Christ. You ought to be loose. You ought to be free. You don't have to be bound. He's come down to loose the prisoner from their bonds. You can be free. He regards the prayer of the destitute. He doesn't want to leave you the way that you are. Amen. He doesn't want to leave you the way that you are. I'm so glad he didn't leave me like I was. But he changed my life. He loosed the bonds. He set me free. Praise God. Oh, man. Oh, Brother Job, you know. He had a rough go, didn't he? I mean, Satan attacked him and uh, took away one day. I mean, one day, Job is the wealthiest man, the most blessed man on the face of the earth or in the east in that part of where he lived. And the, the, the devil goes to God and says, you know what? The only reason he's living for you is because the way you've blessed him. You take all that away from him, he'll curse you to his face. God said, I'm going to tell you something. All its stuff's in your hands, but you can't touch his life. You can't touch his body. You know the story. Satan went out and in one day, Job lost everything. He lost all of his camels and all of his oxen and all of his donkeys and all of his sheep, all of his herds. Everything that he had was totally destroyed. He lost it all. And then, you know, what did he do? He went and he fell, he, he fell down and he began to worship God. And he said, I, you know, I, was, I came into this world with nothing. I'm going to go out with nothing. Hallelujah, the Lord gave and the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. You learn how to worship God in situations like when things don't go your way, just worship the Lord anyhow. And when, when you learn to do that, there isn't anything the devil can do with a person like that. Satan afflicted him with sore boils. And Job went through this thing for, for a period of nine years to twelve or nine months to twelve months, nearly a year. His buddies came to him and they accused him of sin and they accused him of being a hypocrite and, and all this stuff Job went through. But I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. He was, if there was ever anybody in the Bible that that would would 
would exemplify what it means to be destitute. Job was. He was stripped of everything. Satan took it all from him. But I'm going to tell you what. God regarded the prayer of Job. Hallelujah. God came on the scene. God didn't leave him in his mess. I know we preach about Job and we leave him in that ash heap, but God didn't leave him there in that ash heap. I'm telling you what. The Bible said that when Job in the... See, when you got to get past Job 2 and get to Job 42. Amen. There's a lot that goes on between Job and his buddies between Job 2 and Job 42. But in Job chapter 42 Job gets a hold of God and God comes on the scene. And the Bible said that God regarded the prayer of his servant Job and turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And God healed Job's body. And God blessed Job with, with twice as much at the end of this trial as he had in the beginning. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't care what the enemy has taken away. God wants to bless you back twice as much as what the enemy has taken away. Amen. Gave him back twice as many sheep and oxen and camels and all of those things that he had lost. God gave it back to Job. Woo! Had more at the end than he did in the beginning. Gave him ten more kids back. Amen? Man. Somebody said, well, he didn't have double the kids. Well, he had ten in heaven. And then he had 10 more. So yeah, he did. He had 20. Praise God. Mrs. Job told him to curse God and die. And when it was all over, God said, you can just have 10 more babies. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm happy, ain't you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He hears the prayer of the destitute. He hears the prayer of the destitute. Amen. Worship team, make your way back. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your blessings in our life, for your goodness in our life, for everything you do for us. Thank you for the presence of the Lord here in this house. Lord, we just, we, we, we come to this part of the service and I just pray for those tonight who may be going through a situation in their life Lord, to let them know, we just want to encourage them tonight to to let them know that you hear their cry, you hear their prayer, that you'll take them out of that that prison, that whatever they're going through. We thank you for that tonight. Encourage our faith in you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen and amen. Praise God.